the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website which is dipetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supply. Stop it and see our friend, John Francis. Folks, he is the real deal. By the way, he also, I was in there on Saturday. He's got uh, great inventory right now. Remember, if you also, not only can you uh, buy firearms and ammunition there, but you could also, you could also sell it to him or sell it on consignment. PR landscape material, excuse me, competition shooting supplies. Come on, Juan. For, um, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, it's competition shooting supplies. Firearms ammunition, he also runs a great Facebook page. Stop in and see our friend John Francis at competition shooting supplies. Firearms ammunition, right now he's got a uh, really interesting selection. So stop in and see him at competition shooting supplies well folks again good afternoon it's a uh, delightful tuesday after labor day now coming up next hour is going to be the governor mckee press briefing so now the governor's got a lot of things on his plate i also just want to uh mention that this is different and it is certainly a local story but kelly bates of uh, nbc 10 announced that she has left the station Kelly Bates, very, very popular, and uh, apparently let go from NBC10 this morning. So we don't know all the details. She didn't elaborate. Sounds like they might have been caught her off guard. Uh, Folks, it's not easy when you have a very uh, public job in that way. But Kelly Bates, very popular. She was, I think... In the past, there was a time that they almost let her go, but then there was a big uproar, so then they reinstated her. But um, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this time. So, but Kelly Bates, right now at 108 on this Tuesday, I think that's one of the the top stories right now. So she says, I thank you for everything over the last 20 years. So Kelly Bates has been... In, um, let go from NBC 10. How about this headline? Summer of 2021 ties for fifth hottest for Providence area. So, you know, it's hard to believe because of all the, the rain that we had. Uh, but it certainly was. It wasn't your imagination. It was very, very warm and hot. Now, I want to go to folks uh, over the weekend. I'll, I'll say, especially, boy, Saturday, it was fantastic to see college football back in action the way it was. Just uh, terrific, as a matter of fact. So, but that, of course, leads to Dr. Fauci saying he didn't like all of the college games that were just packed games, packed stadiums. So, this is Dr. Fauci now. I think he did this interview, I'm pretty sure, yeah, on CNN. Let's hear this. Taking reasonable health precautions. I noticed this weekend, watching a little bit of college football, I'm going to show some pictures here now. Big crowds in stadiums, not clear who was required to be vaccinated. Recommendations for masks, but as you can see in these pictures, folks just weren't doing it. Uh, I mean, is this kind of behavior going to get us on the other side of this? Or if we keep doing this, are we going to be kind of stuck in, in outbreak mode? 
Well, we could be stuck in outbreak mode, and that's why I think what you're going to be seeing, in addition to the fact that we're, people are getting voluntarily vaccinated now on a more and more basis, as you said, we've been a couple of days, even over a million per day, I think you're going to see a lot more local mandates, Jim. I think they're going to be organizations, they're going to be universities, they're going to be colleges, they're going to be sports events, travel events, where the rule is going to be if you want to participate, you get vaccinated. If not, sorry, you're not going to be able to do it. And I think when we get more and more of that, I think we're going to start seeing a great diminution in the number of cases. Listen, I get folks want to go back to normal life. They want to go to games, right? I want to go. I want to go to games. Uh, but when you look at crowds like that, you approve of that? Or is that just not smart? No, I don't think it's smart. I think when you're dealing particularly in, if you know, outdoors is always better than indoors. But even when you have such a congregate setting of people close together, first you should be vaccinated. And when you do have congregate settings, particularly indoors, you should be wearing a mask. It's good advice, Dr. Fauci. Let's hope more folks. Well, folks, the thing is, though, people are just Fauci'd out. Right. I mean, they are. They are absolutely just Fauci'd out now closer to home. Right now, it's 111, 111 on this Tuesday. Governor McKee press briefing coming up this afternoon at two o'clock. Now, something that he's going to have to deal with, and this is new, and that is that 33 reps have stepped forward and said that they don't like this Governor McKee October 1st mandate they don't like it and they don't feel that these people should in fact these frontline workers that they should be fired so 33 lawmakers are now asking governor mckito amend the vaccination mandate for health care workers um and and they're asking him to scrap the october 1st deadline Right now, it's October 1st, get vaccinated or you're fired. I have a feeling Massachusetts, October 31st. I have a feeling this is going to go by the wayside. Let me hear, um, we have some sound of this. Channel 12 did a package. Let me uh, play some of this. Folks, this is big, especially there was the protest over the weekend. WPRI.com, I'm Ted Nisi. Well, the debate over Governor Dan McKee and the Round Department of Health mandating vaccinations for all Rhode Island health care workers by October 1st is heating up. This morning, we have a letter from 33 state representatives, Democrats and Republicans, urging McKee and the Health Department to amend that mandate. They're very, uh, they very much want the word amend to be used, not scrap, because they say that it's going to lead to a number of health workers losing their jobs because they don't want to get vaccinated. While they don't put forward any specific recommendations, they say McKee and the health department should come up with some alternative uh, way for these workers to remain employed, even if they choose not to get the shots. Obviously, this is a, a highly controversial issue. We've seen protests from some of the health workers who don't want to have to get vaccinated, but we're continuing to see hospital executives and others say it's necessary for public health. Uh, we're waiting to see how the McKee administration responds to this, whether there will be any flexibility with the mandate only a few weeks today oh, excuse me the mandate only a few weeks away however these lawmakers are saying if mckee and the health department don't act they want the general assembly to return and make the changes on their own we'll be continuing to track this and all the news on vaccinations on wpri.com for now i'm ted nisi 12 news now that is a big big development folks that is a big development and again the uh i'm anxious to see what governor mckee's going to say coming up at two o'clock very anxious to see what Governor McKee 
is going to say about this coming up at two o'clock. So if you are one of those healthcare workers, the battle now, the way I see it, is moving into the reps and the senators, the reps and the state senators. That's where the new battleground is, because if they're going to jockey, then it falls to now could just be cover that they want cover. But Corvese's not the type that just would do something for cover. He's also an eye doctor. So he could be dealing with this. Now, that's a big story. Then the other story is this controversy with Mayor Lorza. Let's hear the Channel 12 story. And he has no known law enforcement experience. Mayor Lorza has tapped a recreation director to fill this new role. Kayla Fish live in our control room this morning with more details on this position and the mixed reaction to this decision. Kayla. Hey, good morning, Patrick. Michael Stevens is now one of five majors within the Providence Police Department, and he's serving as the city's first community relations and diversion services major. It's a position that was first announced back in January. Now, according to the police chief, this is a position with no uniform, no powers of arrest, and no weapon. Instead, Mayor Alorza says Stevens will, quote, continue to serve as a relationship builder, strengthening and expanding the connections between our community and police department. The move is drawing criticism from many, including Providence City Council President John Igliozzi, who says it's particularly unfair to the other trained officers on the police force. The chairman of the National Association of Black Law Enforcement Officers tells 12 News while the idea may have been correct, he says the process was wrong. If you're going to direct the activities of police officers, you need to understand fully what their job is. The selection as well shows a, a, a deep level of disrespect and the meaning uh, of the, the qualifications of each and every African-American officer that was a candidate for this position. Now, 12 News did reach out to Stevens directly for comment, but a city spokesperson tells us that he's currently on vacation and will get back to us once he returns. In the meantime, the leader of Black Lives Matter Political Action Committee is calling Stevens' appointment a step in the right direction. You can hear more on their perspective coming up in about 30 minutes from now. For now, live the in the pandemic, control room this morning, social unrest, Fish, the state, and the White you know, House. What, what an absolute embarrassment, to the John you know, But leave show. it to a, a Lorza. Of course, a Lorza would screw it up. I'm glad people are speaking out. I'm glad that people are questioning this because it is an insult. Um, it is absolutely an insult to all of the law enforcement. It is. And for them to, for him to for them to for him to think that this was even an option is um, for them to think that this is the way they should operate, that this was even an option that you appoint someone just shows you how clueless Alorza is. And we, we know that he's clueless. Now, folks, I'm also seeing this cross breaking Taliban Supreme Leaders orders new government to uphold Sharia law. Taliban's new leaders, well, I, I thought they were supposed to go around that. I thought they weren't going to enforce it so strictly. That's what the Biden people said as they were negotiating with them. 
And now we're finding out that that's not the case. So then what is the truth with this whole thing? Um, by the way, I, I did also want to make mention that over the weekend, the actor who played Omar, Omar Little on The Wire, had some kind of, some kind of a problem and died from drugs. I don't know whether or not we're supposed to even say that anymore. I notice now that people just um, pay that someone passed away and almost just, you know, seems like it would like be like an old person who suddenly just died in their sleep. But he he um, he was found with drug paraphernalia in his Brooklyn apartment. You know what else is coming up on Thursday? And I'm seeing that even Good Morning America has an Olympic swimmer, Elizabeth Beisel, will attempt to swim. It says from Rhode Island to Block Island in honor of her late father. <laughs> That's a funny headline. From Rhode Island to Block Island. I'm just going to do they realize Block Island is part of Rhode Island? <laughs> My goodness. Another indignity. <laughs> do they have a, uh, let me see if they have a sound piece on this. Elizabeth Beisel, first woman to complete historic swim. A swim that's not very dear to her heart. We'll swim from Rhode Island to Block Island. <laughs> 12 miles in the open Atlantic Ocean. Grew up in Rhode Island, dreamed about. First woman in history to do so. Uh, Ted Beisel. I have so many memories being up locked on with my dad flying kites, she says. Uh, he had cancer in 2020. He died July, just this past summer. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, she's going to do it Thursday. It's actually, it, it's starting. They're doing like a big thing for this. It's starting out at the Ocean Mist. And at 6 o'clock, she's going to reach Block Island. I think ballads, and then they're having a party over there. It sounds like it's going to be fun. It's too bad the weather's going to be not as well nice as it is today or tomorrow. So, but that's um, that's kind of a funny headline. We'll swim from Rhode Island to Block Island. I think they mean from Matunic to Block Island is what they meant by that. As a matter of fact, um meant by that. Now, folks, all week, listen, like many of you, 9-11, it is, it is absolutely like many other people. I feel that it's, it's a solemn day. Like many of you, it changed my life forever. It changed everyone. Um, but boy, they, they're really going all out with the, the 20 year anniversary where I'll tell you how much it is. It's I'm, I'm not even like, like watching some of it. Last night, I, now it's 
it's just such an overdrive. And they're trying to come up with with new, um, seemingly trying to come up with like new angles on 9-11. So now I'm noticing it's like the women of 9-11. And boy, did you see the footage of the New York Police Department attempts to rescue that family during the flooded basement? I mean, that is brutal. They are just... They're in a very enclosed space, and they're just, like, holding their breath and and going under incredibly. So, um, terrible. I think I have some sound on that. I think I have some sound on that um, that I will play. Folks, again, good afternoon. I'm just thrown by that Elizabeth Beisel uh, story. And it is a it's a wonderful story, by the way. It's a wonderful story. I just meant the the headline. I think they were thinking of law, like, and which is it happens quite a bit. They're thinking of Long Island, so she's going to swim from Rhode Island to Block Island. That doesn't, you know, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. That's someone writing it who doesn't understand that Block Island is part of Rhode Island, so. Now, there's also, how about the um, 9-11 mastermind? He's going to go on trial. Terry Moran has a piece on this. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Let me play a little bit of this. And still no justice in this case. But today in Guantanamo Bay, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, described as the architect of these attacks, he came up with the idea. And four other men who were described as financial organizers, hijacking trainers and other planners, they will appear in a special military court in Guantanamo Bay to face charges including terrorism, violation of the laws of war, and conspiracy. They face the death penalty and a group of family members of 9-11 victims they're also in guantanamo bay cuba so i'm spending this 20-year anniversary of the attacks witnessing these proceedings but even after all these years as you say this case is still stuck in pre-trial motions uh the actual trial with witnesses and evidence that's not expected to start even this year these defendants were brutally tortured at cia black site prisons around the world for years before they were transferred to Guantanamo Bay in 2006, Khalid Mohammed, he was waterboarded 183 times. So can the statements of these defendants and other evidence that were obtained after they got to Guantanamo Bay be used against them? Or has torture tainted this whole case? That's the main legal question here. Jury selection begins later this year. The wheels of justice grinding very slowly in this case. To say the very least for crying out loud. Well, folks, good afternoon. At 124, it's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. I want to just play that um, New York PD body cam footage. Shows the MB trying to rescue the family from the flooded basement. Good morning, America has a... Here we go. Hey, Michael, good morning. You can see house after house here covered by these blue tarps. People trying to get ahead of any rain that might come this way. On Friday, President Biden tore the damage here. Now he's headed to hard-hit areas in the Northeast. This morning, as President Biden makes his way to New York and New Jersey to get a first-hand look at what Ida left behind, gripping body camera footage showing NYPD officers braving a flooded basement in Queens, trying to rescue a family, including a toddler, trapped inside. Diving into the murky waters, facing locked doors and live electricity, their efforts were unsuccessful. The death 
toll from the storm. Now it's 69 people across eight states. Nine days after the storm made landfall in Louisiana, people still struggling to get their lives back. This morning in New Orleans, power is on for more than two-thirds of the city, but elsewhere hundreds of thousands are still without electricity. Christina Romero tells me without it, she's forced to stay in Mississippi with her three children. I have a three-year-old and she don't understand. We can come home and she keeps on every day. Mom, I want to go home. It's hard. It really is. Those communities hardest hit could be in the dark without AC until the end of the month. Ida's wrath leaving Grand Isle uninhabitable. Look like a bomb went off. And over the weekend, New Orleans evacuating hundreds of seniors from 10 facilities after five were found dead amid scorching temperatures. What we found was unacceptable and accountability will be across the board. Here in La Paz, people are unwavering in their efforts to clean up and try to get things back to normal. They know that that could take months and without power, some tell me they're staying in nearby states, making the trek back just to work on their homes. Michael? That is amazing. So I don't know why he, um, that, that, the, the real story there was the element of the police trying to go underwater. So now, folks, also, again, good afternoon at 127. It's John DePietro. I want to play experts concerned Labor Day travel could spark surge in COVID cases. Let's hear a little bit again. Um, this is the piece this morning on Good Morning America. That Delta variant, we did not see a dramatic drop in those Labor Day travelers. Now this morning, millions are on the move and experts are sounding the alarm. This morning, the return home for millions of Americans who traveled for the holiday weekend. Gathering at beaches on Labor Day and packing in the football stadiums. The number of people screened at U.S. airports Friday and Saturday roughly matched 2019 pre-pandemic levels, more than 3.5 million. But less people returned home on Sunday than two years ago, signaling longer stays. With nearly half of the population, 47%, not fully vaccinated, some experts this morning are concerned all of the travel could lead to yet another COVID surge. I am expecting a bump. I'm hoping we're not going to see a major spike. But after every Every single holiday, we have seen a bump in infections and hospitalizations and deaths. Dr. Anthony Fauci saying Sunday some hospitals are perilously close to full occupancy. Catherine Sherman is an ICU nurse in Nashville and says her hospital has come very close to running out of ventilators. Figuring out who's going to get an open ICU bed has essentially been a game of human Tetris. In Texas, state health officials saying nearly a dozen counties, including Austin, have reported zero staffed ICU beds available. And the issues extend to schools, too. At least 45 school districts in Texas have already had to go to remote learning because of that rise in COVID cases. The state reporting nearly 52,000 cases among students since the school year began. As millions of kids return to school this week, tensions erupting at one Arizona school over COVID protocols. I am going to be pressing charges, and I am going to have both of your staff arrested, and you arrested as well. A father and two other men, one carrying zip ties, confronting a principal in her office, threatening to make a citizen's arrest after a child was told to quarantine. The district says it has copied the live streams and is weighing legal action. I felt violated that they were in my office 
claiming that I was breaking the law and that they were going to arrest me in these military grade large zip ties that um, that they were these large men in my office. Two two of the men weren't parents at our school, and so I felt threatened. And over. Overnight, that father sent us a statement saying in part this, everything that the school is reporting is either false or twisted, and they are making me out to be the aggressor. He was arrested and later charged. He was also released, charged with trespassing. That is amazing, folks. Again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. What am I seeing right now? Israel surge warning. Um, Oh, there's also another good um, piece. There's a good uh, television series that's going to start tonight. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. And it's called Impeachment. And I've heard good things about it. I mean, it's always nice to watch something uh, brand new. This portion, folks, of the John DePietro Show, it's much by It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. They're open today. Stop it and see Marie Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like Isai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that could be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Stop it and see them. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health in Cumberland. Stop it and see Marie. I want to play the... Um, let me just also uh, double check, folks, but the um, big news of the day. So it's one thirty-one on this Tuesday. Hope everyone had a good Labor Day weekend. Um, <laughs> have you heard about these uh, privilege walk at school exercise? You walk around silently and feel shame about the color of your skin. They're making teachers do these. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's not it. Um, but I want to, I, I do want to play, um, play the, the thing about tonight on, on, uh, FX about impeachment is the name of it. So she, this is the woman that's going to portray, uh, Linda Tripp. So let me, uh. Yeah, this is tonight, starting tonight on FX. For whom we have no affection. And I sort of feel like, why wouldn't I want to play someone like that? It's a challenge of a lifetime. Except for those remarkable acting skills, Sarah Paulson is all but unrecognizable as Linda Tripp, confidant and then betrayer of Monica Lewinsky in FX's new series, Impeachment, American Crime Story. A suspenseful look at events leading to Bill Clinton's 1998 impeachment. You are attracted to playing roles that scare you. What scared you about playing Linda Tripp? Everything scared me about playing Linda Tripp. Linda made choices that to this day I find perplexing, um, and yet I had to try to understand them. The 10-parter chose Beanie Feldstein as Lewinsky, divulging to Tripp the secrets of her affair with President Clinton. Tripp surreptitiously recording Lewinsky and then providing those tapes to prosecutors. How did you navigate the moments when she was sincere? with Monica and the moments when she was insincere. As you say, in a three-page scene, there is sincerity, there is manipulation, there is duplicity, and then there's sincerity again. And I tried my best 
to ride it like a wave and just go with it. Tell me about it. It's, uh, it's just he's um, unavailable. Someone long distance. Someone from work. Someone important. Linda had a lot of maternal feelings towards Monica, and I think she truly believed that what she had done, the choices that she made, were going to improve Monica's life, and I think she thought she would be considered a hero. History's seen Linda Tripp as anything but a hero, yet those are just the kind of roles Paulson doesn't shy away from taking on. But I think for me, where the work uh, is most interesting is to not try to... Um, find sympathy for a character that is unsympathetic, but just to try to find the humanity of her. Paulson's transformation drew some flack last week, one writer stirring it up by criticizing her use of a fat suit to play trip. I guess there is a part of me as an actress that feels isn't it my job to try to transform? This is the fat suit question. And this question. is the fat suit question, and I did gain 30 pounds to play the part. Didn't quite do the trick. Uh, in my face, particularly. So I am wearing a neck prosthetic, and I am wearing a nose and a wig and the bodysuit. A little bit of the pit bull in me is like, I don't think they asked Christian Bale this or Gary Oldman this or Russell Crowe this or John Lithgow this um, when it was Churchill or Roger Ailes or Dick Cheney. The vice presidency is a mostly symbolic job. I feel like it, it's just this expected applaud moment for male actors transforming because they're actors and that's their job. Well, I'm also an actor and it was my job. I dedicated myself so completely and fully for almost two years to play this part and I am proud of what I've done. Her performance as Marsha Clark in The People vs. O.J. Simpson was one of the era's most honored, winning Paulson a SAG Award in January of 2017. You got something else with Marsha Clark. You changed the way she was perceived as a human being. Is the same thing even achievable for Linda Tripp? I don't know that it's achievable for Linda Tripp. You may not agree with what she did. You probably won't, and you probably shouldn't, because what she did is pretty horrifying. And yet, I have uh, real empathy and sympathy. If she was sitting in this chair now, what would you ask her? I would ask Linda Tripp uh, if she tripped me up the stairs and broke my wrist when we were shooting, because I'm quite confident that she did. <laughs> Who trips up the stairs? This guy. I did. And then I would probably say, I hope you know that I've endeavored to do this with as open a heart as possible. And can I hug you? All right, folks, again, uh, for those that, <clears throat> if you enjoyed, which I did, the People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, this is going to be FX. They call it Crime Story. And there is a whole generation that uh, that will watch this and have never seen it before. So I think um, I think it's actually going to do. I think it's actually going to do really well. Well, folks, good afternoon again. It's Tuesday. Um, it's John DePedro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePetro.com. Let's see. Monica Lewinsky says Bill Clinton should want to apologize. Well, the reason why you're going to find this stuff back in the news is because of this FX story. So impeachment is the name of it. And Monica Lewinsky served as one of the, I think, I want to say executive producers on it. So, folks, this portion of our program, again, football season starts Thursday night. 
with the beginning of the season. You know, a great place to check out. The end zone. Clean, friendly, nice family-owned karaoke on Friday and karaoke on Friday, Saturday night. NFL ticket on Sundays. And then also they do have food Friday, Saturday, and also on Sunday. But pop in in this Thursday night. The NFL season kicks off. Stop in and see them. What a great spot. The End Zone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Oh, okay. Uh, Kelly Bates is out at Channel 10. They were not... Apparently, it was a... uh, They were just not seeing eye to eye on the... the... her contract. I'm also seeing the big stories today, locally, on this Tuesday, September 7th. One is the fact that, well, actually, hold on. Let me just check this. Retired state police captain and wife arraigned on charges stemming from Dedham's teens drowning during graduation party. A retired state police captain and his wife arraigned child endangerment furnishing alcohol to a minor. Connection with the June death of a 17-year-old who was pulled from a pool at their Dedham home during a high school graduation party before succumbing to injuries later. Boy, that sounds like a story for our uh, legal expert, Tim Dodd. James Coughlin, 55, Leslie Coughlin, Dedham District Court, pleas of not guilty. Each of them, reckless endangerment of a child providing alcohol to someone under the age of 21. Now, both misdemeanors, released on personal recognizance. Their lawyer told reporters it was a terrible accident, terrible tragedy. While asserting medical records showed that Alonzo Pollock had no alcohol in his system at the time of his death. He had asthma and had been pushed into the pool by a friend. They didn't name the friend. Not every accident is a crime. Medical records confirm he was not drinking at the party and they did not furnish him any alcohol. Huh. His relatives were in court. We want justice for Alonzo. They couldn't fathom why he was released without having to pay bail. My brother's no longer here. He was walking the earth. Um, June 6th party at their residence. 12.30 in the morning, June 6th. One of the officers said several obnoxious, uh, obviously intoxicated high school age individuals. Many empty beer cans. Four teens told investigators they were permitted to consume alcohol on the premises. Um, face charged providing alcohol to minors. 17-year-old drowning victim sitting at a table, several empty alcohol containers in front of them. Basis for charging them with child endangerment was tied to the lack of underwater lighting in the deep end of the in-ground pool. The light connected to the pool was lying on a towel alongside the pool. Pool area was dimly lit. He was pulled from the pool around midnight, given CPR taken to Boston Hospital. He died June 10th. James Coughlin provided the CPR. He was a non-swimmer who was knocked into the pool by a friend, unaware he could not swim. Yee. 
There were adults still in the backyard when the teenager landed in the pool, could have turned 18, could not reasonably consider a child. So that's interesting. Uh, varsity athlete, multiple te- You know, I, I don't know what to I mean. That is just terrible all the way around. So the kid's at a party. Um, doesn't swim. Somebody's joking around. Pushes them in. They don't have proper lighting. And then all of a sudden now he is... Um, he drowns. I mean, that is just uh, terrible. And I think the fact that they there was alcohol and maybe thought that that maybe the kid who pushed him had been drinking wouldn't have done that. Or if everyone hadn't been drinking, maybe they would have been in better, you know, better uh, alertness, so to speak. That maybe it wouldn't have happened. All right, Boston Globe story. Folks, right now, 142 on this Tuesday, National Association of Black Law Enforcement Officers, Mayor Alorza, um, said that the appointment calls into question his judgment to make decisions affect public safety. And the chairman said the mayor's choice of a civilian without experience over qualified black law enforcement officers was demeaning, lack of consideration and respect. Alorza told Michael Stevens, an NCAA NCAA referee and friend runs his golf tournament, a new six-figure position as a police major. (laughs) Stevens has no experience in law enforcement aside from graduating from the Citizens Academy in 2016. As a major, he'll oversee the Police Training Bureau Training Academy and be responsible for the recruitment and training of police recruits. He'll also be responsible for developing... Diversion programs to reduce police calls for service, directing police officers under his command, and conducting the promotion and testing process for supervisors. <laughs> the uh, association said, you're talking about a person who will have authority or responsibility to select people as police supervisors, determine the training regimen. He has not got day one of experience in training as a police officer. And you've got to put him in, in the command structure? I don't freaking think so. <laughs> That's a good quote. He doesn't meet the basic requirements when the job, a bachelor's degree in criminal justice or the equivalent in 10 years law enforcement experience. So to be a major, you have to have a college degree, criminal justice, the equivalent and 10 years law enforcement experience. But the mayor touted his work in the community and as an NCAA basketball referee. Also be involved in building relationships. And you're going to put him, I mean, but see, folks, this that's Alorza, right? That is him. He shouldn't be the mayor. So, of course, then. But he doesn't even have the basic experience. I thought of that as soon as I saw it. He graduated from Central. He's experienced as a community organizer and director of recreation. He's not going to understand concept of criminal code. Why do police make arrests? Why do we find the need to use force? And what about some of the black officers in Rhode Island that went for it? (laughs) Right now, there are 11 black officers in Rhode Island above the rank of patrolmen, three in the Providence Police Department. All three applied for the mayor's position. The mayor instead picked a civilian. What you've said, none are qualified for the position. 
You've said there's still no qualified black law enforcement officer who has a voice in the top level of the Providence Police Department. Urging the mayor, Mayor Jorge Elaya, to reconsider or consider a proposal made by the city council. Said change the job from police major to public safety community police liaison. (laughs) Alorza has not responded to any suggestions nor answered any questions about his decision. Police Chief Hugh Clements said Stevens will not wear a uniform, will not carry a firearm. They don't know what he's going to do as major. This summer, he was the men's basketball official for the American East Conference and the Metro Atlantic uh, Athletic Conference. A spokeswoman for the mayor said he will not officiate UCA this year, but that's just because he has a bad knee. He's worked for the city for more than 20 years as a youth coach and recreation service director. Mayor gave him the key to the city when he was named an NCAA referee. Well, he he has a bad knee and can't ref, so Alorza made him a six-figure job with the police department. Folks, Alorza, this was wrong. He needs to go back on it. This decision cannot stand. Period. Period. End of story. All right, folks, right now. At 1.46, good afternoon, Jorge Elorja, it's the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Remember, fire, smoke damage, water damage, storm damage, call them today. There's a link on the website, dipietro.com, 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration, soulsourcerestoration.com. Call them 401-712-2700. Now, I've learned he has a serious knee problem, and he's not officiating. He has a major knee issue. So, um, so the reason I say that is because he can't ref. He can't ref. Alorza said, oh, no, he, he can still. Well, no, he, he can't ref. He can't ref because he has a serious knee problem. Um, which is why, why he was then named to be suddenly a police major. So what does the Lord do? Well, then I'll, I'll just make you a police major. Cannot referee. Again, Thistle Stevens, who's away on vacation. Um, he's friends with Alorza, strike one. He doesn't know what he got himself into. Alorza probably, again, Alorza, tone deaf. Right now, it's 148. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Alorza is tone deaf. He doesn't even think, oh, no, it won't be a problem. I'm the mayor. I can do it. See, he doesn't know the difference between I'm the mayor. I can do whatever I want. He doesn't know the difference between that and, you know, maybe I shouldn't appoint this guy to be a major within the police department. See, that doesn't enter his thick skull. Because he shouldn't be mayor, he can't discern from someone who shouldn't be a major with the police department. And for someone to say 
well, you know, I'm going to be going away on vacation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Not a problem. Allures is the problem. And now let's see, with all the pushback, if this guy actually does become a major. He shouldn't be a major. The requirements to be a major are you have to have a college degree and you have to have 10 years of law enforcement experience. He has neither one. Yeah, but he coaches college basketball. Oh, oh okay. Oh, why didn't you say so? So if there's a problem, he'll just blow the, the, the whistle and call a tech on whoever's causing the problem. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, I guess he can. No, wrong. You know, good for the different people that are speaking up against it. And shame on the media of saying, well, Black Lives Matter doesn't have a problem. Yeah, Black Lives Matter, if it was up to them, there would be no police department. Folks, this portion of 150 of the John DePietro Show at 150 on this Tuesday is brought by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair today at 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Whether maybe it's your washing machine or dryer, call Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. Or your refrigerator or stove. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor. Plus, Senior citizens, discounts are available. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Uh, I had a problem. We had a problem with our uh, dishwasher. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. Suddenly, the van appeared in my driveway. You can find them on Facebook. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Boom, he knew the part that it needed, he repaired it. Whether it's your refrigerator or your garbage disposal or dishwasher or stove or oven or microwave oven or it's your washer dryer, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by State Towing Service, 380 Valley Street in Providence. Michael Salvatore backs the blue. Auto sales and repair 24-hour towing 401-331-0925. So some of the national news is um, is just that uh, President Biden is now trying to make the rounds after the storm. But the situation with President Biden, his polling numbers are going completely down. Almost like in free fold, in free, excuse me, free fall, so to speak. That's number one. Number two, um, oh. all right, this is new. Rhode Island will extend vaccination deadline for some healthcare workers. This is just breaking. So this is just breaking that. This is different. This is definitely different. Let me find. um, This is definitely a big change now. Uh, First crack appears. An email advising workers they will have an additional 75 days to get vaccinated, but beyond leave without pay during that time. How does that solve anything? How does that solve anything? 
on leave without pay? Oh, during that time. Well, that that doesn't work. How does that how does that solve anything? That doesn't seem to solve anything. So then they're on leave without pay, but you're not firing them? No, I don't think they're going to warm to that. Nope. All right, so that now you're on leave, but you haven't lost your job for 75. Well, what's, how, how is that? That, that that's, that's not a compromise. I don't think they're going to go for that. You get 75 Well, that that just doesn't that just doesn't seem to make sense. I don't that doesn't I don't think they're going to go for that. I'm not sure how that solves anything. Um, so the Providence Journal found an email where so the the Republicans have found Democrat allies first crack appeared. Journal obtained copy of an email from the Director of Administration. State workers advising them that workers will have an additional 75 days to get vaccinated, but they'll be placed on leave without pay during that time and may be barred from working in a state licensed health care facility. If they're still unvaccinated by December 15th, they'll be subject to progressive discipline, including termination. So, folks, already Governor McKee is bending on that whole mandate. And I think as as more pressure is put on, it certainly seems that he may bend even more. So this, if you if you want to see some of the protests, we covered it on Saturday, and then also pro, uh, covered it. Excuse me, on Saturday night at Waterfire. I don't think this is. Um, I don't think this is going to satisfy the protesters. So I think Governor McKee floating this out with some flexibility that I, I don't think that I don't think it's going to work. I mean, we sh- we'll, we'll see and we'll, we'll probably know more. This will play out over the next several days, but I don't think you can... Um, I don't think you're going to see that. Um, we, we'll, we'll see. I don't think they're going to go for it. Let me just say that. So, folks, at 156, to give you an idea, top stories of the day. Number one, Channel 10 has let go Kelly Bates, weather person or meteorologist. Um, she has been let go by Channel 10, number one. Number two, 33 reps have come out with a letter. Urging Governor McKee not to fire the health care workers. That is new and gaining traction and putting pressure on him to give up that October 1st deadline. And then number three, there's a lot of pushback on Mayor Jorge Elijah regarding the situation and the fact that he wants to hire a basketball ref to suddenly now be... A police major, one of five majors on the Providence Police Department. So that is, um, those are all, if you will, major 
major developments. And especially now coming up at 2 o'clock will be the Governor McKee press briefing. And he's getting pushback. He he is going to have to talk with some of the reps. The fact that 33 reps have signed on, that could cause more reps to sign on. Right now it's 33. It could climb to, you know, 43. Um, I don't know about that there should be some movement in the Senate as well. It shouldn't just be the the reps that are signing on to this. But but so Governor McKee is going to have to deal with with that. Now, I don't know how they came up with October 1st because Massachusetts is November 1st or whatever, Halloween. So but 33 lawmakers reps have asked the governor to amend the vaccination mandate for health workers. Folks, this is not going to go away. They are pushing back. I like this headline. Providence leaders are puzzled by Alorza's decision to appoint a rec director as a police major. See, that's Alorza, though. Folks, let's just say, listen, he never should have been made. He never should have been the mayor, right? He never should have been made mayor. Of course not. He never should have been elected mayor. He was because the people on the east side of Providence didn't want Buddy CNC. Period. End of story. That's what happened. I was there. Don't tell me. I was there. I saw what happened. Uh, Alorza got in, got in on a fluke election and never should have happened. I mean, bottom line, absolutely, positively, never should have happened. Now, again... Folks, check out the website, thepetro.com. Now, it's 159. It's John DePetro on this Tuesday. And coming up at 2 o'clock, we will have the uh, John Dion, I understand, is back from vacation. We'll have the 2 o'clock news, then the John Dion program. I won- once again want to commend Jeff Kamach did a fantastic week last week, especially that uh, Mayor Marty Walsh interview. It was great. So, folks, again, if you want to get in touch with me, go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. I want you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. I will be doing Facebook Live later on with Juan After Dark. Enjoy this delightful Tuesday. WNRI Woonsocket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-R-I.